Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. My goodness, man. When I think about Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake, Beyonce, I believe before her tickets were $1,000 a piece to go to her shows, she was singing the national anthem at our Super Bowl yeah, she in 2003. Was. A Houston girl. She grew up right there in Houston. Of, of course, um, you know, the great superstar and unbelievable talent that she is, is it was amazing. And, and seeing all the stars, I know I talked earlier on the show, is just some of my memories like I have with Brinson Buckner and some of our teammates and, and all of the fans that chime in on social media kind of remembering those times as they always pop up this time of year. But just a great experience. And, man, Bobby, I, I know you guys have kind of dug into my story. I was literally working as an assistant principal of a high school <laughs> two years before being in the Super Bowl. I was just back at home, and it hurt my knee in Chicago and had a couple knee surgeries, some torn meniscus, and thought my career was over. So I had resigned to coaching and teaching, something that I always wanted to do to be a, a good role model like all my coaches were. And I got a call by the Dolphins. Hey, here's a futures contract. You want to come in? go through the process and see if you can make the team. Well, two weeks later, I mean, two weeks before training camp, I get a call from my agent. He says, you're going to Spartanburg, South Carolina. You're not I wouldn't Carolina know if, if you were thinking your career was over to be in a trade. I know. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> That's kind of like, weird. What? And then I do some research, and he was like, hey, you remember Mike Turgovac? He's the defensive line coach there with the Carolina Panthers. Then it made sense. Um, I think I brought something to the table as far as uh, work ethic and uh, toughness, that athleticism that we just – I like to think I'm an athlete. The athleticism <laughs> that we just talked about, that uh, Coach Turgo, as I call him, and I was I just saw him. His, his daughter works for the organization. I saw him at the uh, Christmas tree lighting this, this past year. Anyway, I saw Coach Turgo, and uh, he was my guy. So he knew in that trade for Jay Williams in yeah. the third-round pick that ended up being Colin Branch – um, in that upcoming draft that I was shift off. I guess they just threw a random guy in there. I happened to be that random guy. Well, Jack Del Rio, uh, John Fox, those guys, Mike Turgovac said, we absolutely don't care. Everybody has to prove it. And when I think about that season, it started that way. I literally landed in training camp, which was the hardest thing I'd ever done. I played for Tom Coughlin as a rookie, but that John Fox training camp in 2002 was one of the most brutal things I had ever been through. And he told us, day one, the first meeting, I got out of my car, didn't unpack, go into a meeting, and co Coach Fox said, hey, I'm going to find out. Some of you guys don't belong here. We're going to find the tough, smart football players. It starts in the morning, get hydrated. And it was it was one of the toughest things I had been through, that six-week training camp, not 15. It was two days, too, back yeah, then, right? Two days. 
all pads, no CBA to protect us. So it started off like that, and that was 2002. Of course, we go 7-9, I think win the last four games, which was unbelievable. I got to get my first start for the Carolina Panthers because Julius Peppers was suspended that rookie year, the last four games of the season. And, um, you know, I had a two-year deal once I signed, man, but it was – it was unbelievable. And, of course, you know the timeline. You know the history of some of these games. Down 17, week one, Jacksonville, our old defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, is now the the head coach for Jacksonville. Jake comes in and saves the day. And it was all fun and games then. We're just happy for yeah. our boy Jake, who is uh, as tough as they come, tough as nails, man. He never backed down from anything. I feel like that's one of the more, at least to me, memorable regular season games at Bank mm-hmm. of America Stadium. Because I think a lot of people will forget, Al, is Jake hits, I want to say Ricky Prohl for the touchdown, but then Jacksonville moved the ball, right? When their yeah. field goal attempt that, it, I don't know if you guys blocked it or it was, it was a, it was a really long yeah. kick, but you guys got a piece of it, survive and win that game. Holly Robinson, Pete, I'm pretty sure sang the national anthem prior Rodney to that Pete's game wife, yeah. as Rodney was actually the starting quarterback for Carolina before Jake took over in the second half. But yeah, who would have? kind of thought that moment, that second half, we really was going to summarize what this team was all about. It was just a start, man. It was the start of what we become known as, as the cardiac cats. And it doesn't end there. Week two, which is, was a pivotal game for us. Just the defending champ, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we go down there again, block multiple kicks, go toe to toe with that football team and, and slow that offense down and really are able to run the ball and move it against that Bucks defense that has what, at least three Hall of Famers uh, as it stands uh, from from that defense. Uh, so just an incredible, incredible start to the season. Of course, we sweep the Bucks that year. We sweep the Saints. We lose one to the Falcons, the other divisional four. But I don't think we realize how good we can be until we go to Indianapolis. Peyton Manning, the Colts, that football team, and we win in overtime in week six against the undefeated Colts. We're 5-0 and because we have a week three bye, which was terrible, <laughs> right after that Bucks game. And then we're like, oh, man, we are a good team. We can beat anybody. We play good defense. We can run the ball. Um, and and I think it was there. We we were like, man, this is this is going to be something. We, we started How many games y'all win Fox. start that season? Because it wasn't at the Titans, and it was just a dud we that lost, you guys played. Yeah, we lost to the – I think we lost to the Titans after that football game in week seven. So we went on a 6-0 run, and then we ended up losing. But it was an up-and-down season, and we were stuck there for a long time. Lost two games uh, to the Eagles and I believe the Giants, NFC East. Um, and, and then we go out to Arizona week 15, and we were able to find a way to get that thing done and clinch a playoff berth, and that was – one plane ride back. I was going to say, what was that Charlotte. plane ride Unbelievable. back? Unbelievable. It was, it was fun, man. <laughs> Anything goes on those plane rides. And, uh, the just one time a, you actually were happy, it was like a long flight back. It was back. a long flight. It was a long <laughs> flight. But just a great team, man. A great, great team. And, of course, we all know the stories we talked about, the overtime and the divisional. Were you guys and, like D-line back of the plane? How was the plane set up? I think you sat wherever you felt comfortable. Or did comfortable Pep have, like, we, first class in the no, front? No, he didn't. He was a second-year guy. I mean, he was still the best player. We had too many veterans that weren't going to let Pep do what he wanted to do. And he was a quiet, unassuming yeah, guy. Yeah, no, he, he was. He wasn't It wasn't like that. I think I said – Did Buckner in the uh, first class? No. <laughs> the, he was having all, too much fun. First of all, the, you've been on the Charlotte flight. The coaches are up yes. there in, in kind of the front row seats. And I don't believe there's a first class – 
on these not, planes, just like Charlotte. There's no first you guys class. First, I assumed no, no, you no, guys no. had. There's no first class seats. There's I'm no surprised first class by that. In the part- you just partition. have three seats. It's just three, three seats. No, there ain't all the no way, way out. Now there's am, always I jockeying am, for the. I am picturing the live golf plane where it's no. just bars. Not and- in 2003. Not on Jerry Richardson's dime. <laughs> it was. It was just a. I don't know. Americans United. One of the one three airports. guys in a row. Was it? Yeah, if you're no. a young guy, for Three sure. guys yes. sitting on the same yes. NFL player. Absolutely. Jerry was cheap, huh? I sat with Chris Winkie. Um, well, he's in a the big dude, row. though, right? Yeah, he's a big dude. So we sat in, a, in an exit row most of the time. And you I think and Chris, Chris Winkie, Jenkins, I wouldn't have guessed that. Talking about Florida State, Maryland days, man. <laughs> Y'all now play I'm cards? a little bit older. A lot of guys. Now, that's where all the gambling <laughs> happened, Bobby. <laughs> If you, the the further back you went on the plane, the shadier it got back there with uh, you know some of the card games and maybe a couple people had some dice, but you know it was full of Bojangles. It's incredible. We probably kept Bojangles open the amount of chicken we made the the rookies bring on the bus and the bus over to the airport and get on those planes. But I mean, I think our time and you hear some of the teams uh, in this Super Bowl, Kansas City and Philly. Right, we just loved each other. And I think you all, when I am able to get some of the former players on uh, the call, and I know Buck and I are, are extremely close, but we just genuinely loved each other, man. We did not mind being around each other all the hours, all the training camp practices and going through those battles. We trusted one another. And more than that, we believed in Coach Fox. It was tough, like I talked about in training camp, but we believed what he was preaching and I think the more we practiced, the harder it was. We understood if we followed his game plan, we followed the formula, and we stuck to it, we can get it done. And and it didn't matter who it was. We were all extremely happy for each other. And the clip that stands out in my mind is the NFC Championship game, Ricky Manning Jr. getting all the interceptions off of Donovan McNabb. And I believe it's Mike Minner counting it down, like, stop messing with him, like, stop throwing it over there. And he's counting it out. That's one. And two, and Ricky's going out there, a, a rookie cornerback in that type of pressure situation. Now, he got cooked in the Super Bowl, but that's a whole different story. That is a different story. <laughs> but, man, Ricky was good, and we never believed we were going to lose to the Eagles. That's not even my favorite game. It's it's the Rams game, the, the divisional round, and double overtime and winning that. But, yeah, making it to the Super Bowl and, and going toe-to-toe with – at the time, it was not a great Patriots offense, believe it or not. It was all about Willie McGinnis and Brewski and, um, you know, Mike Vrabel and that defense. That's how they won their early Super Bowls with Tom Brady. And Super Bowl 38 wasn't any different. Since think that Jake and Moose, who had the, the longest touchdown in NFL history, um, Steve Smith, they go out there and kind of, you know, just get after that, that Patriots defense. It was just a great team. No egos, a bunch of ragtag guys who, who found themselves in Houston. So it was a great opportunity, and I love to reminisce and got an opportunity a few years back to sit down with Kevin Donnelly and a bunch of those guys and talk about it. So that's my throwback Thursday edition, man. One of the memories I'll take away wasn't always that way. Couldn't stand to watch it for about 10 years, Bobby, but now I'm locked in and appreciate it. I would always watch it until we tied the game. Yeah. And then after that, I didn't watch. Yeah, anymore. I don't want to watch there the, the ball. You don't know, be blaming NFL. Casey if you're blaming no, 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 that. Oh, no, Vinatieri's no, no, kick. I'm talking about Vinatieri's right. kick. Casey's my guy. Were you all I close can... to blocking that? Uh, we we get. I mean, you blocked we blocked one so many in the game. kicks. Yeah, we blocked so many kicks. Yeah, we didn't get it that time. We thought we would. We felt good because of what we had done in the cardiac cats. 
that we can get it done. But it, it was tough. It was tough to watch. I, I hate the slow-mo NFL films, that ball tumbling through there, and here comes the confetti. But there's a game to be played, Super Bowl 57. We'll see Kansas City and the Eagles. We'll have more on that matchup tomorrow. We'll, we'll come right back. One more segment here on the Al Wallace Show. We got four downs. <laughs> 